Welcome back to Freedom Unshackled, the podcast. We took a little break, but we'd like to enter 2021, shifting the direction of the episodes and focusing on sexual assault in prison. We wanted to offer a content warning for those listeners who may be sensitive to this subject. Please view the episode description for further information on what exactly will be discussed in each episode. Welcome back, listeners. I'm Toriana. I'm Dominique. I'm Rainey. And I'm Amaya. And you're listening to Freedom Unshackled, the The podcast. podcast. In this episode, we are going to be focusing on two prisons, Lowell Correctional Institution in Florida and Albion Correctional Facility in New York. Both are women's prisons known for their history of misconduct and sexual assault against incarcerated individuals. In this episode, we will be referencing the investigation of the Lowell Correctional Institution in Florida. This investigation was released to the public December 22nd of 2020. Lowell Correctional Institution is the largest all-women prison in the country and the oldest women's prison in Florida. Because Lowell is so well-known, it leads to a lot of media coverage. These are not isolated incidents just to Lowell Correctional Facility, but we will be using this case study to outline the injustices within the prison system. Our up-and-coming episode will focus on Albion Prison in upstate New York, where we have will have formerly incarcerated women speak out about sexual assault during their sentence. The investigators argue that the state of Florida, through the Florida Department of Corrections, fails to keep incarcerated individuals at Lowell safe from sexual abuse by staff. The Florida Department of Corrections has been aware of a pattern of sexual abuse of people serving time at Lowell since at least 2006. It's important to add that the Florida Department of Corrections is the third largest state prison system in the country, with an annual budget of $2.4 billion. That makes it the largest state agency in Florida. Wait, wait, you're telling me that $2.4 billion to this prison and they're living under these conditions? Exactly. What is the money even going towards? Exactly. And investigators also argue that staff are violating the Eighth Amendment, which protects individuals from sexual abuse even when there's no serious physical injury. The Eighth Amendment prohibits the federal government from imposing excessive cruel or unusual punishment on its people. In the context of prison, the agents of the institution should not make incarcerated individuals subject to this type of treatment. This also implies that incarcerated individuals have the right to be protected. Because of the blatant disregard for the Eighth Amendment, there seems to be a sense of normalcy around sexual misconduct within prisons. This stems from the high rates of accusations against guards and the low rate in which they actually have been arrested for their crimes. For example, between 2015 and 2019, 161 allegations were brought to the DOC, eight of which were closed by arrest. Some resigned and more than two dozen were either dismissed or sentenced to a misdemeanor. It's important to note that these misdemeanors were not related to sexual assault. Many of them were due to perjury or providing false information. So what happens when an incarcerated woman reports sexual assault? Honestly, not enough. These complaints are made to the Office Inspector General and sent to the DOC. It has been noted that these reports are poorly documented and oftentimes missing information. The Department of Correction has taken notice of this pattern of sexual misconduct since at least 2006. As mentioned earlier, the amount of arrest for sexual-related crimes is disproportionate to the amount of allegations. This means that there's a lot of correctional officers that have sexual assault allegations against them, yet they keep their positions of power and continue their day-to-day lives. For example, a 
lieutenant at Lowell was accused of repeatedly sexually abusing multiple women at Lowell over the years, but he remained in his position of power until 2019 when he was finally arrested for sexually molesting two minors in his community. So it took him molesting two young women outside of a correctional facility to arrest him, to make an arrest. But when it was known to authorities that he was repeatedly sexually abusing women that were incarcerated, it was not an issue. Incarcerated women are also less likely to actually report a sexual assault in fear of putting themselves in an even more vulnerable situation. These incarcerated individuals are less likely to report because they are punished when they do, by losing privileges or programs, being placed in isolation or segregation, and also removal of property. A sergeant interviewed for this investigation confirmed that the reporters of sexual assault are often placed in handcuffs and taken to confinement after reporting this abuse. He also noted that the incarcerated women do not get visitation when placed in administrative confinement. Due to those circumstances that the women are put in after they do report an assault, they usually won't um, take something to the DOC that would be considered minor, and I put that in quotation marks because nothing of these circumstances are minor at all, but they take something that is usually extremely heinous to the DOC to report because that's the only thing that will be taken seriously. Or if they were to have actual physical evidence of the assault. This was a case in Albion in New York. Uh, James Castanguay uh, was charged and arrested for raping two women in the facility. One was in a laundry room and she physically took the evidence by collecting his semen in her mouth after the attack and showing that this as proof. This led to a suit that is ongoing um, that alleges the officers and their colleagues, quote, had a system of warning each other if a supervisor was approaching and created a climate of fear and intimidation against any women who complained about sexual assault from an officer. Lowell and Albion are not bad apples of prison. They are examples of a failed system designed to protect the prison staff and perpetuates a culture that allows women to repeatedly make sexual assault claims and be unheard, which results in further violence. This is why it's important that we advocate for incarcerated individuals who are unable to speak for themselves due to the threat of losing their privileges and creating a more hostile environment while serving time. Thanks everyone for joining us for this introductory episode on sexual assault in prison. Looking ahead, we'll be bringing people back to the show to be interviewed and provide us with first-hand accounts of the culture around sexual misconduct with staff while incarcerated. Thanks so much, everyone. Please remember to take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.